1: through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host this evening for the guest of Freedom, coming to you from Out of Kansas City, Missouri, where I am a practicing genealogist. And um, my guest tonight is Daniel Weinberg. Are you there, Mr. Weinberg?
0: I am here. Hello.
1: John. And you are the founder and owner of the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop in Chicago, Illinois.
0: Well, I'm guilty of one of those. Uh, I was not the founder man named Ralph Newman did that back in 1938, Oh, okay. uh, a bit before I was born, not much. And uh, I came on board in 1971. He and I were in partnership for over 13 years, and then I bought him out, and here I am over 42 years later.
1: Okay. And what went on uh, the choice of Abraham Lincoln as the name of the bookshop?
0: Well, uh When Ralph began a bookshop in 1933 called The Home of Books, it was situated near the old Daily News newspaper in Chicago, and two of its journalists kept coming over. One of them was Lloyd Lewis, who wrote on the Civil War, and the other one, Carl Sandburg, who wrote on Lincoln as well. And over the years, they kind of uh, turned him toward... uh, the dark side, as I say, in Civil War studies, and he decided to uh, change the name of the shop and specialize in 1938. Okay. So it became Abraham Lincoln Bookshop, specializing in Lincolniana and the Civil War era, and also U.S. presidents.
1: And what are your specialties today?
0: The same. What That's really what we're we're known for, and uh, maybe why I'm here. Okay. I
1: understand
0: you uh, also specialize in first editions. and No, we're really not. I mean, first editions within our area, yes. The antiquarian books and first editions of things that came out of, uh, well, anywhere from the era itself, the Civil War era, up through today because there are many new and good books coming out on Civil War era subjects. That uh, we uh, carry and even have author discussions upon. Okay. And what are
1: some of the latest titles that you have in that area that you would recommend to our listeners?
0: Well, uh, I have something, I started something called virtual book signing, and seven years ago, because people weren't coming in for author signings very much, and it was hard to get them in now, and so I said, well, let's go to them. So I started up a broadcast uh, at least once a month, sometimes more. And we have one or two authors on each time. And for an hour, live, we broadcast over the Internet, over people's computers. And while we're live, people can email in questions. And we call that virtual book signing. So uh, what we – and then we archive them. We have seven years of these archived. So uh, putting together today – when I was asked to uh, do this, I put together on the uh, a web on my website actually a special page on the African American experience that we have through our bookshop at the moment, and I have a number of in print uh, titles at the end of this. Three of these titles the authors have been on our virtual book signing. It's virtualbooksigning.net, by the way, and people can go back and hear the authors speak about their books. For instance, we just had Linda Bart- Barnacle in on her book on Milliken's Bend, which was uh, not well known but a part of the Vicksburg campaign on the Arkansas side of the Mississippi. And uh, it was mainly uh, newly formed units of African Americans, both free and been enslaved, uh, contraband that came in at the last minute, that... Uh, struggled against uh, a number of Confederate units, and it's kind of a microcosm of what happened in the war with the African Americans. And there's one that we had that I have on here, and another one that we had on our uh, at our uh, virtual book signing was called The Crater, Remembering the Battle of the Crater by Kevin Levine, and he's on uh you can go to our virtual book signing site and see him and talk and hear us talk for an hour on the battle of the craver crater which was one of the civil war's bloodiest and uh it was one replete with uh maybe a bit of a massacre of uh, like just like at fort pillow uh of the black soldiers that had come in uh it's a fascinating story of how a huge crater was blown up in the middle of the confederate lines Uh, just outside of Richmond in Petersburg in 1864, and uh, what happened when that line was blown up and then the Union soldiers went in. So there's another one that we have that's an interesting book. I put together a couple of photographic books, too, that we could talk about that are fascinating of the era. Okay, I'm interested in um, any books on reconstruction. Uh, Right now, the
1: hot topic across the United States is the gutting of the Voting Rights Act. And uh, do you have any books on the Reconstruction era?
0: Well, I would say that we probably do, but frankly, I have to ask my bookman, uh, Tom Trescott, to get those out for us. And I can certainly put some up on this site about Reconstruction so your listeners can see that uh, probably by the end of this week. Okay,
1: and repeat that site again, and when are the uh, virtual book signings held? What day of the week?
0: Well, it's various at times, but uh, first of all, this virtualbooksigning.net, uh, or one can go even to our bookshop, the Abraham Lincoln Bookshop, uh, which is alincolnbookshop.com, and we have a a. Uh, a button there to press and you can go right to a virtual book signing site and in there you can go to the archives and see seven years including some of the ones we have just spoken about uh videos we break them down to 15 minute segments so we don't have to sit there for an hour each time uh we have usually we'll have virtual book signings on a Thursday evening central time our next one actually in july 11th is going to be that uh, excuse me july 18th is going to be that on congressman abraham lincoln uh... And, so, and other times we have them on saturdays at noon central time we have another one in august uh, on collecting lincolniana doris kerns goodwin we hope to get in uh... in early october on her teddy roosevelt taft and muckraker's book. so we we range over civil war lincoln emancipation Uh, campaigning and uh, collecting and also other presidents. We've had very fine authors on George Washington and Edmund Morris on Teddy Roosevelt. Here we are with Doris coming in.
1: Well, that's uh, the,
0: if they go, if they look on our website, they can see what's coming up next.
1: Okay. Um, Frederick Douglass just got a statue, uh, at the Capitol. And, uh, what does your inventory look like for books uh in reference to Frederick Douglass and perhaps Frederick Douglass and his relationship with Abraham Lincoln?
0: Well, there, that's uh actually that that relationship is in a number of books then and, and fully uh discovered. One is Michael Burlingame, uh Abraham Lincoln A Life. It's a massive two volume uh set that does a great deal of talking about Douglas and Lincoln's relationship and how it evolved, because it did evolve on both sides, for that matter. Uh, and the another one is uh, Ron White, his book, A. Lincoln. Uh, you'll see it sometimes as a script. That's how he wrote the A. Lincoln and Lincoln's signature. And that's an excellent work, one-volume biography, if you want to get into something that also goes into the Douglas Moments with uh, Lincoln and how that evolved, and of course it's always interesting to go into the collected works and uh, see what each of them said about each other. We do have, uh, we don't have much on him right now per se, uh, but I do happen to have a signature of his, very truly yours, Frederick Douglass, uh, 1886, uh, on a card uh, that we have. In fact, I put that up on the site then under the artifacts because we have artifacts besides books we also have historical artifacts so for instance on the site that, that we put up uh, this webpage we put up today for you uh we have a a reward broadside for a ranaway slave we have an emancipation proclamation that was done up to be sold here in Chicago actually by uh a publishing publisher named kidder who uh, put up the emancipation proclamation uh, as a facsimile, and with Lincoln on it and others, because they thought that they could sell these to people, commercialize, and people were very happy to have these on their walls. There were many numbers of publishers who published these sort of things. So we have an example of that up on here as well. Um, and also, for that matter, a hard uh, attack is kind of interesting, a watercolor of a freed slave, freedman, freedman, uh, mourning the death of Lincoln at an urn, and a little monument with uh, weeping willows. And it's really a a schoolhouse-style folk art watercolor on a manila paper sort of thing, about 16 by 15 inches. But it's very sensitively rendered and a nice use of color. It's a a very touching image of how they felt right after Abraham Lincoln was shot and killed. What
1: other little known facts uh, relative to black history that you have there in your shop that you could share with our listeners?
0: Well-known facts. There is an interesting interesting thing. Uh, you know, more and more, uh, as as we go into the newspapers that have not really been uh, gleaned before by historians and into the pamphlets that had not really been gleaned, uh, one can see a lot that, in a first-hand account, what it was like now here is something that we put up one of the pamphlets if you're if anyone right now who's listening wants to go to the abraham lincoln bookshop dot com and then go to the uh under the autographs it, there's a little area that says African American history and click on that, you can go to that website and see some of the things that we're talking about right now as we speak and now here's something that was fascinating. I happen to have um a complete year's record of the anti-slavery record, which was the Anti-Slavery Society. This is back in 1836, and beautiful illustrations of wood engravings and what's going on uh, in the abolitionist world and outside of it. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. Uh, it's it's 12 different issues, uh, issues 13 to 24, and about 170 pages altogether and uh it's uh even inscribed by uh, Isaac Newton Pierce who was he who signed it he was an author of the Narragansett chief another abolitionist rag <laughs> and um and so there are a lot of interesting people who are in here first Douglas is in here as well the engravings are beautiful and interesting of what's going on both on the abolitionist side and amongst the slave owners So there are things, to I think where people will be amazed is when we all go to these sources and read what they were reading, see what they were seeing, and try to take ourselves away from the 21st century uh, and see, uh, it's hard to believe, maybe a more racist society than today. I think there have been strides uh, in this country, frankly. But then again, as we've just seen in the... uh, in the Supreme Court, uh, not everywhere.
1: Not everywhere. No. Um, have, did you see the movie Lincoln?
0: Oh, yes, three times.
1: Oh, what were your thoughts on that movie, and uh, how does it stack up uh, to the Lincoln movie that starred Henry Fonda back in the 30s?
0: Well, it's, Henry Fonda is in, in that movie is such a classic, and it's of, an, of a genre of an era, I should say, perhaps. And we don't get the similitude that we seem to get today and put into movies. And Spielberg put in, and even most, uh, most of the credit to me goes to the screenwriter, Tony Kushner, and how uh, Daniel Day-Lewis really got into that character. And he, we in the Lincoln uh, community felt very comfortable with him up on stage on uh, the, the movie. So we liked it. We we felt it portrayed the time correctly. And they had James McPherson and Doris Kern Goodwin looking over their shoulder. That helped. Uh, it was supposed to be on her book, of course, Team Arrivals, but it really wasn't. It, it changed between the, from the first to the third screenwriter, and Spielberg as well over the years, decided to make the 13th Amendment the protagonist. I think it was, to me, just another actor there. So, uh, but to see politics being made the way it was, you shouldn't watch sausage being made and probably politics as well, but there it was, and people seem to like it and enjoy it now, I, as an artifact dealer, wish they had come to me because there are a number of anomalies I saw in there, which uh made me unhappy, but it didn't turn me away from the film because I thought it was brilliant.
1: Oh, sure, your unhappiness with us <laughs> uh
0: well. I mean, these these are the minutiae that I live with and I have for 40 years, you know. So uh, the first thing that happened to me was I was listening to it, and all of a sudden someone on screen had a letter up, uh, in his hand, and it rustled. And I almost jumped out of my chair because the rustling of that paper was of pulp paper, not rag. Okay. Ah. So I'm the only one in the solar system that cares, but <laughs> there it was. And then I saw some other artifact, uh, um, some manuscript anomalies. You have a couple of examples. Uh, Lincoln is sitting on John Hay's bed late at night, as he did. Uh, and at this time he had a letter in his hand. It was a uh, two sheets and four pages, in other words. And uh, he was looking back and forth between the first and the third page, and talking about giving a pardon, perhaps, to a soldier. And, of course, he did a lot of pardoning, especially in the end of the war. Uh, And he was the great pardoner, although he had to do things, and I've seen uh, letters and endorsements and notes, where he had to be a little harder. Uh, But here he was asking about a pardon in the movie. And I noticed two things. One, it looked as if there was a staple in the corner, and that's how he was opening it. And no, at the time, letters of four pages would have been opened like a book and would have had a seam down the center that they just, you know, that that's how you'd open it. You wouldn't have it going up to a staple in one little corner. And secondly, when he endorsed it, first of all, not very carefully. Uh, that's one thing he should have done because Lincoln was very careful about his signature. Uh, but he turned it over, but he should have. He, he just signed it on the third page. Totally wrong. He would have taken it, turned it over on the back, then onto its side, and then in the middle of it placed his endorsement, because then it would have been folded more so it was thin and put in and filed. There was a way they filed it. So he would have had to put it at a 90-degree angle in the back page in order for it to be filed correctly. So, again, minutiae, but, you know, I, I looked at that. You were Another one on. that kind of came up, if You want one more, was uh, when... Uh, in the office, uh, Lincoln's office, there was a very patriotic-looking piece on the wall of an eagle and flags and banner, and it was about, oh I don't know, I'd say something like um, 16 by 20, and it, it had this beautiful motif, uh, patriotic motif, which you'd believe and looked very Victorian, but I recognized it immediately as one of the souvenirs that the sailors took back from Japan and uh, Korea in 1907 when the great white fleet under Dewey was sent out by Teddy Roosevelt to open up Japan. And this was what they came back with. I have two or three of them in my shop right now, so I really, really recognize that as a different century even, but it, it looked good.
1: Okay. Um, what about uh, the portrayal of Stephen Douglas in that movie? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Of, of whom again?
1: On well, Stephen Douglas, the portrayal and his involvement in that Thirteenth Amendment.
0: Oh, um, Thaddeus Stevens.
1: Oh, Thaddeus Stevens. Yes. Ah, uh,
0: yes. By uh, well, I th- I think that Tommy Lee Jones did a better job of Thaddeus Stevens than the original would have done. Just uh, super. Uh, and interesting that the. Um, you know, he had, here was a fiery man. In fact, on my website, again, I put down, I have a uh, a note signed in, signed and inscribed by uh, Thaddeus Stevens himself from February of 1863. And uh, so it's kind of an idiot. If you want to see what his signature looked like, there's a good place to go. Go to that, that page on my website, and you'll see Thaddeus Stevens. But... He was, you know, a, a true abolitionist, and it was very interesting how he had to kind of swallow his more radical views in order to help get the Thirteenth Amendment passed. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he did that sort of thing. I mean, it was a. Uh, of course, the the congressman from Connecticut got his nose out of joint because the two Connecticut uh, congressmen in the film voted against the Thirteenth Amendment, where in reality they had done the opposite. And uh, I, th- I think that may have uh, actually stopped Spielberg's film from getting the best film, and what I think really did deserve the Oscar, the screenwriters, uh, the screenwriter, uh, the screenplay was spectacular. Mm-hmm. But I think they lost because of that.
1: But Wendy well, Stevens
0: was a fascinating guy, and uh, anyone who wants to read a good book on him, we call the bookshop and we'll find.